Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Growth Hacking Show for business coaches and consultants. This is a podcast for you to discover new business growth campaigns directly from the trenches. I am Ed Rich and I interview business thinkers and thought leaders about their successes, failures and business. And most importantly, what's working now in their business. Hey everyone, Ed here again with this exciting episode with Vicky Wuche. Hi Vicky. Hi Ed. It's amazing to have Vicky here. I'm particularly excited because Vicky is one of those very special people who um, have not only authored one bestseller, two bestseller, no, no, five bestsellers. And she's on Telegraph's list of top 25 influencers in property business. I cannot wait to dig in deeper. So uh, let's ask Vicky. Um, Vicky, tell us about uh, what's special about you. What makes you so uh, stand out from everyone else I've, I was coming across? Wow. I, I don't think there's anything special about me. Um, I think probably it's more how I think and how I take on what other people might see as challenges or obstacles. I just see them as part of life's journey and get on with it. Um, and maybe that came from um, very early on finding myself in a, a, a oh, I hate saying this, but you know, in a violent marriage that broke up and I was on my own uh, with two children under the age of three. And I had to sort of be both mum and dad and put myself back together and be there for them and, and realized that I could either just sit on the sofa and let the world pass me by, or I could just get on with life. And to the best of my ability, I like to just get on with life. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How do, what is it that you specialize in and how did you come to specialize in that field? Okay. So I think what I specialize in now is really lifestyle if, if you want to call it that um, I tend to refer to it as a wealthy non-traditional retirement uh, and the reason for that is I don't believe that retirement that our grandparents and maybe even some of our parents had have is relevant to us now in the modern generation we are so much more healthy at 65 in the old days when they created pensions and retirement you were lucky if you lived long enough to even retire, never mind collect a, a pension. And now we're easily living into our 80s. And I actually believe with medical innovation and interventions, we're going to be living well into our hundreds. And that means that we're the first generation to really start to think about life differently. But how that all started was way back. I was a, a normal, normal, fairly normal person. I think I'm a normal person where my marriage broke up and I had to think about what to do. And I wanted to work. I wanted to do something. And I felt like because I've been at home for a couple of years with the children that I needed to retrain. And I went along to an open day at the university near me. And it turned out that I ended up on a degree. And I literally just almost stepped from one step to the next without any clear plan. If I think back then, when I went to the university, I went with the idea of getting a job. And little did I know that I would take a degree, then a master's degree, then I'd become a university lecturer. I lectured for 11 years. 
Um, and then eventually at the end of the lecturing, I was sort of overlapping things. Um, I started to work on some government funded projects around entrepreneurialism. Um, and then I got made redundant, just like that. Everything was sort of taken away. And I think when something's taken away from you, there's a way that you react. You either go, right, I'm not allowing that to happen again, which obviously was my approach, um, or you sort of lay back and let it wash over you. And, and I decided to do some personal development, became an NLP master practitioner, hypnotherapist, tried that on for size, didn't really think that that fitted me, and then literally fell into property. And when I say fell into property, it was because I got invited to a property event. And again, there was no plan that we were going to do this. But when you look back, all the signs have been there. And it's, it's amazing when you look back at your life, how many signs have been leading you to the place that you are now. And if the place you're at now is a great place, then you've been looking at all the really great signs to bring you here. And if the place you're at right now isn't the place you want to be, then you've been looking potentially at the wrong signs and you needed to find the right signs. And so from 2008 onwards, we invested in property and I started writing books in 2010. I've got my own businesses on the side. And as you say, by, by 2013, 2014 was picked up by the Telegraph as one of their top 25 most influential people in property. That's the potted history. Wow. And uh, from property to talking about retirement plan, tell me about the journey of your books, how you come to become author of uh, one book and then the other one, what was going on in your life that lead you to, to uh, author those books? Okay. So the very, very first book was called Using Other People's Money, How to Invest in Property. It's now in its fourth edition. And when this first came out, it was an exercise from a mentor of mine. And I wanted to grow the business. I needed to take on staff. And he said, let's create a small project where you can practice outsourcing. So the idea was to record some interviews, get them transcribed, um, and then you know cut the interviews up to be what we now call podcasts and put the transcriptions together to be a little book. Um, and it became a tome, 60,000 words. Um, and then I wrote it again and again and again. And of course, what actually is quite interesting is back in 2010, not many people had written books. Now, that's a really silly thing to say because obviously there are hundreds of millions and billions of books out there. But what I mean is in the self-development space, in the property space, in the finance space, even in social media, none of, none of that it's only eight years, nine years ago, but none of it was as it was now. So having written one book really put me head and shoulders above everybody else that was around. And from that, I got invited for speaking events. And that was because in those days, that one book had given me a position of authority. It was unusual to have a published book. And as you and I were speaking pre-show, there's a lot more people now that are doing indie publishing through all various formats. And so there are more people out there with a book. But I feel that if you get a good quality book, people recognize that and then start to see you. And again, I don't like the word expert, but an authority on something. And then it just progressed from there. Right. So which one is your latest book? 
So the latest book is this one, The Wealthy Retirement Plan, A Revolutionary Guide to Living the Rest of Your Life in Style. And that's really come about as a journey. So from using other people's money, I, which is a book about what, what property investing means, what all the different techniques, the strategies mean. I then wrote a second book called Make More Money From Property, which was how to make property a business. Then I realized that actually I was speaking to people who knew property was a good idea. How could I then speak to people who didn't know property was a good idea, but needed to know that? So that became property for the next generation. And that was really, in that book, I started to talk about my thoughts on how we need to know something that I don't think the general public know. And in that book, the central point was, we don't have to live in the house that we own. We don't have to own the house that we live in. It's about this mobile society. And I'm looking at you on the screen going, I can't even guess how many tens of years younger than you are than me. But you don't need to buy a house and live in that house for the rest of your life. You could work from anywhere. I mean, look at what we're doing. Uh, I'm, I'm over in West London and you're over practically in Wales. We don't have to work in the way we did before. And if we don't work in the way we did before, like our grandparents and potentially our parents, we don't have to have this static house around which our whole lives revolve because actually we've got this world around which we can revolve so we can live anywhere and once yeah, I'd three done years that, ago i was in london oh, were you? yeah and i moved because of this very reason that i did not need in london anymore since i was doing a business of my own so yeah. i moved to a place where i can have a bigger house in that yeah. price and have an office of my own yeah but also it's about quality of life isn't it because you're going to have more green space there and that that notion of quality of life is really what's come out in, in this latest book, The Wealthy Retirement Plan. And it's, it's the idea for this book is that we're going to live longer than we think, more importantly, longer than we can afford, unless you plan to do something about it now. And so all of the books have really been, every time I've written a book, I've then gone, okay, so now my next level of thinking is this. And I know some people hold back from writing books for all sorts of reasons. They worry what other people will say about them. Um, they think that people will steal their ideas if they write them down and put them out there. And really, if you are someone who knows your trade, knows your business, knows what you stand for and, and what you're an authority on, then my point would be that as soon as you've published your first book and gone through that process, you've already got content for the next book and the next book and the next book because your thinking is getting clarified through the writing process and through testing it out with your customers and then you're constantly evolving. So there's no reason why you can't share your thoughts and then share your next evolution of your thoughts and so on. Excellent. So would you like to share some of the key concepts from this book, The Retirement Plan? Okay. So, so the Wealthy Retirement Plan, as I mentioned to you, starts off with the idea that we're going to live a lot longer than we're currently thinking and planning about. So if you look up um, age expectancy or life expectancy, it'll tell you that as a man or a woman, you're looking at around 80, give or take a few years. Uh, I don't know about your parents. My mother's already passed that period. 
I speak to loads of people whose pa parents are well into their 90s or 100s. Um, and if it's happening for them, and we're so much more healthy than our parents, with so much more access to early interventions from the medical profession, the potential for our life expectancy will be much longer. And so what I've then thought is, actually, if you were to retire at, say, 65, and you were to live until you're 100, you've got 35 years. That's probably, I don't know, am I going to say longer than you've been alive? Am I right? <laughs> so, um, a little bit shorter actually, than that. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, so the whole of your life, all over again, Ed, but without the worry, if you plan it properly, without the worry of having to ever pay the bills. So if you plan it properly, you could live all of your life all over again with all the knowledge that you've got now, none of the worries that you've got now because you've got so many of the answers. That doesn't mean to say you're not going to move forward and find more challenges for which you're going to find more answers. But what could you do with your life if you never had to pay the bills? What would you do with your life if you never had to work another day just to pay the bills? And for me, that makes me go, wow. You know, and I truly believe that I can solve all the problems in the world, everything from homelessness and poverty through to global warming and plastics in the sea. I believe that um, I can be instrumental in inventing or initiating new political um, thinking, if you like, all of this, because if I write the book, or I have written the book, that will help you think about how you can create a plan so that you never have to work just to pay the bills. That doesn't mean to say you won't work, doesn't mean to say that you won't earn other money, but you don't have to work just to pay the bills. Your level of thinking will move from whether you want to call it sort of the monkey mind, the reptile mind, or whether you want to talk about it moving into an entrepreneurial space or unconsciousness or higher thinking, whatever your train of thought, you can move to another level of thinking when you're not worrying about the bills, another level of creativity. And then we can start to think about how we use our time. Some of it will be to make money. Some of it will be memories with our families, but some of it will be our mission, our passion that we're going to take forward because we can, we've got the knowledge and the skills to do that. And other things might be around working with younger people or older people to sort of bring together some sort of knowledge transfer and, and knowledge and solution innovation to solve all of these problems. And it's all possible when you work out how to take away the worry of having to work just to pay the bills. And I, I just think that's really exciting. Yeah. And you mentioned the word non-traditional a couple of times. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, literally, as, as the words say, so a traditional retirement is you are an employee or maybe you oh. run your own business and you wait until you get to the age that the government says. So 66, 67, 68, it's, a, it's a, an ever moving target. You wait till that target arrives. And then whether you like it or not, the world says to you, that's it. I've had enough. I'm finished with you, Ed. I don't care whether you've got anything else to give. You've hit this age. I'm now moving you over into this box called retired and to retire in the old-fashioned sort of use of the word is to withdraw from so you know all of a sudden at 65 68 people are withdrawing they're leaving the workplace 
they're being sidelined. They also don't necessarily, unless they've planned well, have a great deal of money because the government pension isn't enough to live on. Private pensions are based on the fact that you only need 40, if you're lucky, 60% of your current income. Certainly when I've retired, I'm going to need at least 120% of what I'm earning now because I'm going to have so much more time to have more holidays and do more things. So it's about not following, if you like, the party line, not doing the traditional thing, thinking now, well, retirement is irrelevant to me. I'm not going to stop work because I've hit a certain birthday. I'll stop work because I choose to, because I've run out of ideas, because I'm tired, because I want to do something else. I'll change what I'm doing. I won't stop. I won't withdraw. I'll just do something different. And what is that thing that I might do that is different? And then you can start to work back from that clarity about what you want to do with your life to work out when you want to do it and how much money you need to put in place so that you can do what you want when you want and not wait for somebody else to go, sorry, mate, you've had a birthday. That's it. You're off. You're on the scrap heap, which is what we're doing to so many people. So how much time in your experience it takes for someone to plan out their retirement the way you uh, advocate and teach? That's that's a tricky question because it really depends when you come to me what position you're in now. You know, so if you're a true beginner and you've not done any thinking about it, then one of the first things I get you to do is to go through my readiness to retire wealthy scorecard. So this is an online questionnaire that assesses you against what I believe are the five fundamental principles of a wealthy retirement. And the idea there is to sort of give you some overall score, but also some individual scores against these five principles. And then we can start to work out where the gaps are in your plan. Now, if your plan is, um, I have a vague idea of what I want to do, but I have nothing in place financially, then that then takes us to the next level of, right, let's look at your finances. What do we need to do to get you to a point where we leverage the resources you've got now so that you can then be in a position so you've got income coming in that happens whether you put a lot of time into it or not. Now, I firmly believe that whether you want to invest in property or whether you want to write books, do online courses, um, set up a video channel or any, anything that you might do, stocks and shares, the lot, there's a small amount of time that you need to put into everything. Um, depending on what you're creating, how much that time is. But the idea is not to create another full-time job that you're going to have to continuously work at just to generate this income. You want to find some way of creating an amount of income that is a bit time-free. So for me, that's been property investment. It's also been the books, it's been online courses. And then what I can do is on and off as I choose, I work with clients on a one-to-one -one basis, either as mentees through my property business or as clients um, looking for consultancy and support to take them through the retirement business. But I can switch that side of the business on and off knowing that I've got a baseline of income coming in. And so depending on where you are in your journey, how long it'll take you to get to that point. Wow, that was very clear. So you mentioned your scorecard. Tell me a little bit about it. Okay, so there's about 30 or 40 questions that ask you 
how clear you are about what you want in the future, how in control you are around your finances right now. Um, and that's a big one where people are either one or the other. They're either really in control or they're not in control at all. There doesn't seem to be any halfway with that one. Um, and then the third principle is about looking at the resources that you have. So whether you've got time, money, knowledge, contacts, experience, what have you got that we can leverage, which is the fourth principle, and turn into something that can be more than it is now? So an obvious thing with money is looking at how you can make your money work harder by potentially investing it, leveraging it. The other thing that you can do is you can look at how you're using your time. You can look at what you've got in the way of contacts. Would your contacts be able to help you take yourself forward? But of course, a big thing, particularly in this context of writing books, is your knowledge. What do you know? What do you have experience of? Is that something that would be of interest to other people to such a degree that they would be prepared to pay for it? So my conversation around a non-traditional wealthy retirement resulted in a book. People buy the book. From the book, they understand that they can access the free scorecard. The free scorecard gives them a report. That report is personalized to their score and gives them ideas of what they can do next to move themselves forward. Some of those people are then gonna say, that's been really valuable. What I now need is actually to speak to Vicky directly and get Vicky's help to move me forward. And so then they'll come and become clients. So I only have to write the book once, create the scorecard once, and then I don't have to do that again. And that brings in a steady stream of clients that when I'm ready, I can work with those clients as and when I've got the time to. Amazing. So do you also, so from what I understand that your book uh, invite people to go through the scorecard to figure out where they stand. Uh, and then from scorecard, people may want to continue working because uh, now they know where they stand. They know exactly what they they need to do and they can choose whether they would like to have a discussion with you, uh, whether they would like to see, explore the option of working with you. And that's how they come on a call with you. So is that a, a good way to put it together that how your book is helping you? Yeah, I, th I think the thing for me is, unlike some sometimes you read a book and at the end of the book, you know all the problems that you've got, but you don't have any answers. Uh, you know, you can see the how thick this book is. This book is that. packed um, and it contains in there not only the reason why you need to change, but it also takes you through the steps and explains to you the steps that you need to be making. So it provides you with resources. So alongside the readiness to retire scorecard, which will give you a personalized score an understanding of where you are and a list of actions you can follow. You can also uh, access the wealth tracker, which is a spreadsheet where you can start to budget. Cause you remember what I said to you is once you get clarity, you can then start to create a budget that will help you generate the income that you need so that you can have the lifestyle that you want. So it's not just read the book. You won't get anything out of the book other than be forced to do the link and then the link will force you to speak to Vicky. The book will, you know, some people are just going to read the book and they'll get so much information out of the book they don't need to do anything else. Other people are going to read the book and do the scorecard and do the wealth tracker and that will be enough for them. But then there are going to be some people that are going to come forward and go, actually, 
I like to work with someone. I want the human touch. We all got different learning styles, haven't we? So the idea is to cater for all of those learning styles. So whether you're kinesthetic and you want to get on with it yourself or you want to just read a book or watch a video, it's all there for you. But if you're someone that knows that they can maximize um, their own potential, and again, it's another form of leverage, that you can leverage your own success by bringing in a mentor to work with you, then those are the people that end up becoming my client. Okay. So uh, here's an assumption. What happens if the book doesn't sell itself? Now, you're five times bestseller. I'm pretty sure that you have uh, checks and balances and procedures in place to make the book go, um, um, you know, go, uh, go sell itself. Mm. Now, what for people who don't have those experiences that you have five times, um, does this still, this method, using this method still help them that they have? I don't, I don't know that any book sells itself. I mean, it's just a pile of papers, isn't it? So yes. it can't actually do anything. It's very much the author that sells the book. And the first way that you sell the book is that you make it completely clear who the book is for. So, so my book is for people from 35 years plus. And there's no reason why you couldn't read it when you were younger, but in my head, I was very clear who my target audience was. So that when you create the cover, and when you write the back, and when you write the insides, you're writing them with this very specific person in mind, so that anybody who comes across your book searches for the words, they go, oh, that really resonates with me already. So that's the very first thing you do. But then you move on and you have to have collateral. So, for example, we created these postcards. So on the back are the details of the scorecard. And if I just hold that up, you'll even be able to see the yeah, I was about scorecard to ask that. link. So when you want the scorecard link, it's there for you. And on the front was the image of the book. So when I go to events, I give these out. I am still trying to pluck up the courage to leave these just on trains. I'm not sure whether I'm that sort of a person to just leave cards on trains, but I could do. But basically when I go to events, I make sure I have copies of these because then people can take away something tangible. And they go, oh yeah, a book. I can buy it as a Kindle or I can buy it as the paperback. Ah, oh, but there's also a scorecard. So depending on what you want, there's something there for you already. The other thing that we did was we created an extract of the book. So again, this is something that I can give away for free. So when I'm speaking at an event, if it's not um, a paid event or anything like that, or the event organizers don't want to buy the books to give to the guests, then I can give away extracts of the books and people can buy the books for themselves as and when, uh, when they're at the event. And then of course, the biggest thing about a book is it's not just about selling the book. It's about what your ideal customer can do after they've bought the book. So having uh, a brochure, and I've got a brochure for the property side of the business and a brochure for the wealth side of the business, is helping people know the path that they can go through. You know, So there are, um, there are steps that people can take that follow the process. And you need to really think all of that through. And then what you're looking for it's constantly working the book. So you speak to people uh, at an event, you give them copies of the book. If you've then got those emails, you then need to be emailing those people and saying, 
I'd love your feedback on the book. I'd love a testimonial on the book. When people give the testimonials, then you say thank you. Um, if they don't, if they've read the book and they haven't given testimonials, you chase them up. And so really your book needs to have reviews. Um, and that can be very organic and start to move. And you just, you've just got to keep working it. You just keep going. Um, so all the time I look and I check at where I am. Um, I, obviously we've had in this time scale, we've just had Easter recently. So I've had the last sort of four weeks off and I've noticed that the books dropped down the charts. So over the next couple of weeks, I'll be working to get the books back up. So when people say that they've got a number one bestseller, frequently they were number one for one day. That's it. And then they fell within 48 hours. They fell out of the top 10 and then they're hovering somewhere around five, six hundred thousandths in the book list. You need to be constantly working on the books to keep it up there and to keep it relevant. So I've got a bit of work to do over the next few weeks to get myself back up into the top 10 again. And oh. people pay, pay adverts, um, you know, pay for advertising to get the books out there as well. Yeah, we have, um, we have an episode recorded uh, explaining how it's done. And in the membership area, there's a, there's a tutorial on how it's done by one of our uh, guests. So that was amazing. So if people want to check out all these books and the scorecard, um, is it safe to say that they can go and check out the scorecard because it's free while they're waiting yeah. for the book if they order oh, the book? And, yeah. uh, so if I'm not wrong, the URL I was seeing on the postcard was uh, wikivunshe.com forward slash scorecard. Is it correct? Yeah. So the key thing is to just get the spelling right. So my first name is V-I-C-K-I and my last name is W-U-S-C-H-E. And if you search that, if you put it into Google, you'll get the website. From the website, you'll be able to go through to the scorecard. And uh, if you put it into Amazon, then you'll be able to find the books. Right. Amazing. All right, guys, uh, don't forget to check out the, the training sessions from Vicky inside the mentors area, uh, the mentors free membership that you have access to as part of a listener, as for being a listener of this podcast, the URL is booksmind.com forward slash mentors, booksmind.com forward slash mentors. And I'll see you there. Thank you very much, Vicky, for this session. My pleasure, Ed. Awesome.